gotta play it, but you're never gonna beat me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. What is going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in Clovis, California, which is what, five minutes away from me, is my co host, Cody Johnson. Cody? What's up, everybody? Yep, we're back at it again. Hopefully, we can make this a uh, two week in a row kind of a deal. Because right now, we're shooting for every other week. But hey, we're here, you guys. We got a pretty good show for you guys. Baseball, of course, some NBA, and hopefully some Formula One talk if we can squeeze it in. So, please. Yes, I'm, I'm sure Drew's excited for that. So, anyways, guys, let's get started. But before we do, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share, and follow us on social media, YouTube, all that good stuff, you know. Anyways, here we go. Break through the chains, go free me. People like sheep, both feet hurt it easy. You don't want to be fast asleep when they see me. Better stand tall, ready for a fight, believe me. When they try the chains, you can say no, free me. What's going on, everyone? Yeah. It's Drew Code Sports Talk, and Cody is here. It's great What's to up? have you back, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. I missed last week, and I got to edit the show as I normally do. And it's like, man, we had such good topics last week, and I couldn't be a part of it. But yeah, it was. There's so much to talk about, man. Like it was when I was when I was writing all the notes down. Uh-huh. I was like, I feel like I'm adding things that I don't need to. And then when I was like talking about it, like talking it out as uh-huh. I was going on, like I was like. These are all relevant. Like this yeah. is all actually it's actually really good topic. So I was like, all right, cool. We're good. We're good, man. So yeah, we def we definitely missed you last week though, that's for sure. Well, the Lakers one I think got me the most only because when I yeah. Marco Polo you, I spent like ten <laughs> minutes ranting about it and here you got to talk freely about it and I'm listening in the car like, Man, yeah. I wish I was there doing talk about yeah. it. But I'm here and we get to talk baseball, so it's it's all good. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh man. It, it's been, it, you know what, this has been a great week um, for me personally, at least, because, um, you know, I was talking about Formula One last week. I got to watch the race. Baseball obviously had started. Um, so it was, I, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, my kids actually had the week off uh, due to uh, Easter break or spring break, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you young kids call it nowadays? Anyway, you young whippersnappers. Yeah. So it was really cool because, um, I was like, okay, I really need to do something with my kids. Like I can't just like stay home and just like, you know, that's, that's a, that's a crappy spring break. And normally, you know, people like try and leave town and, and, you know, I can't do that. My wife is obviously working and, and we have, we have stuff to do. And then obviously Easter is this weekend. So, um, so I was just like, man, I, I got to do something. So, uh, we had, we had days, you know, different days we planned to do stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we do kind of need to clean the house. So we're going to have a cleaning day and uh-huh. we'll have a lazy day. And then, uh, you know, one day I'll take them to the park. And today was that day we got to go to the park and it was, my daughter was like over the moon happy. So, uh-huh. uh, that was cool. My son was actually really happy. He played baseball literally the whole hour that we were out at the park, oh, that's cool. uh, which made me happy. Cause I was like, Oh yes, he wants to play. Um, <laughs> But here, you know, here, son, let me show you how to throw a curveball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he wouldn't let me do that. I couldn't touch the ball. If I touched oh, okay. the ball, he would flip out. So I basically was just the person he threw to, 
but uh, then I just had to leave it there. So he was playing catch with himself, and I was just kind of there. Anyway, <laughs> he sounds he sounds like he was he was the San Diego Padres, and you were the Giants. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. So, uh, man, there's there's so much to talk about. But Cody, we are. I do want to say we are really glad uh, that you are here, uh, and that we get to talk about sports together instead of on just Marco Polo. Yeah, finally. Yeah. So. All right, well, let's get going. Let's talk, speaking of baseball, let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about some Giants topics. Um, you know, last week, I, we, you know, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, we had talked about uh, what our, um, who our MVPs were, who our uh, breakout stars were going to be, all that jazz mm-hmm. um, for the Giants. Well, now we've seen a week of Giants baseball, and I will tell you this. It has been a great week for me because I have literally watched every single Giants game, pretty much every single inning. I probably have um, missed like maybe an inning or two, honestly, Mm -hmm. of the six games that they have played. I have watched every single one or listened to it on the radio. So (laughs) I am plugged in right now. Will that last? Probably not. I don't think my wife can handle it. But, um, you know, thank God for phones where you can watch the game with no volume if you need to yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know it'll be on the side and i'll just kind of glance over every now and then but it's been great um and especially the day games i get to watch with my son and my son is like baseball baseball i'm like yeah uh-huh. yeah there you go <laughs> so um but we saw the first series it was against the miami marlins uh and then the second series we had against the san diego padres mm-hmm. today as we are recording which is a thursday um, they had the day off and then, uh, tomorrow they start their series against, I forget the Indian, or guardian guardian. Yeah, the guardian. Excuse me. So, um, we definitely have, um, have a lot to overcome because that mm-hmm. is going to be a little difficult. Um, but I think you had the guardians like in your top five power ranking that we had out today, I think. I think you have a number three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. So you have a um, good team. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Um, you know, I've been I watched I have I have Shane Bieber in my in my fantasy baseball league and uh, he's been stellar so far. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna talk about Jose Ramirez a little bit later uh on a different topic. But he's been absolutely crushing it. And the team, like, I was looking at some, uh, you know, because you and I, as I just said, we've been, uh, we play fantasy baseball. So I've been looking at some, you know, free agents, just trying to see, like, okay, uh, there's some guys that I'm already willing to cut bait with. Who would I want to, who would I want to grab? A name that stood out to me was Miles Straw from the uh, Guardians as well. Uh, He was formerly with the Astros. He was okay with the Astros, but he's been killing it right now. Um, So, you know, they, they have a really good team. They have a a decent bullpen. I think their starting rotation is very underrated. Um, And then they have a pretty good lineup. So uh, it'll be a tough outing for the Giants, but um, luckily they played, um, the Marlins who, eh, they're okay. Uh, I think they have some good starting pitching. Their bullpen's weak. Uh, their lineup is really good at the top, but kind of gets weak at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we played the Padres who right now look really good, uh, pitching wise bullpen. They're a little lackluster. Um, but they actually threw one of their former starters, uh, Danilison, uh, Lamette into the bullpen. And he actually is 
look pretty good. So um, we beat it. We beat a couple of, of, of good teams. I wouldn't say great teams. I think the Padres still need time to work with each other, but um, it was encouraging that the Giants won, had two series this week and won both series. So mm-hmm. that to me is definitely a positive. Another positive, as you and I had been talking about uh, on Marco Polo, ironically, was um, Carlos Rodon. He was masterful. I mean, he threw yeah. five innings, 12 strikeouts. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and his fastball hit at top was 99 miles an hour, which mm-hmm. is, we're not used to that as Giants fans because Giants fans, yeah. we get like these injured guys, the guys who, you know, have, haven't uh, had success or used to have success, you know, like four years ago, right. they come into the giants, we rebuild them and they're never at like, you know, 95, except for like, we had like a Tim Lincecum who was at the highest. I think he was at like a 97. Yeah. So, um, and that was rare. And so now we get this Carlos Rodon guy who his first game, he's just throwing nothing but straight gas. And yeah. I was like, I was loving it. So that was awesome. And then Logan Webb has been phenomenal. And all, and again, I'll talk about him on another topic later. Um, Brandon Belt has been hitting ridiculously mm-hmm. well. And, and one guy I did want to mention that doesn't really have the stats, but I think he should, is Darren Ruff. I know I text you about him. He yeah. has been making hard contact every at bat Mm -hmm. and it's just majority of the time it's going to someone but i told you those are going to start falling later in the year those are going to start going over the fence those are yeah you know those are going to be different plays but as of right now he's just kind of unlucky but darren ruff he's been killing it so those were my positives for the giants cody let's hear some of your positives from the giants I have to echo the Carlos Rendon one. I got to say, like, I thought we had a really good pitcher with Kevin Gosman before we let him go. I think Rendon, obviously, is a huge upgrade from that. And you're right. Giants pitching before has been guys that were injured, maybe past their prime, but maybe have a lot of potential. So we kicked the tires on it. And it seems like Carlos Rendon is still like in the prime of his pitching career. And, you know, he's in a really, you know, he's in a park that's kind of pitcher friendly in a sense, just because with hitters, most of the time, if I'm not mistaken at AT&T park, the fence is a lot further than most parks. And I think there's sometimes they measure home runs that would have gone out in other parks, except for AT&T park. But yeah, Carlos Rendon, though, is really good about setting up, you know, the hitters to swing and miss or get him to look. You mentioned his fastball. There's a couple of times he had some really good, um, I think his second pitch is sliders, really good as well. Um, But I'm actually really encouraged by our hitters. They're still kind of in the groove that they were last year. And you're right, Darren Ruff is going to start getting him over the fence because he had two really hard hits against the Padres. I want to say it was Tuesday night. And there was one where the announcers thought that it was over the fence and it was right at the warning track. I think like one step before you hit the fence before the outfielder got it, but he got a hold of it and it sounded like it was out of the park. But yeah, you know, one of the good things about the Giants hitters is they're actually not afraid to make good hard contact and then get on basing, get on base. Uh, my only thing is we left a couple of them on base with the Padres in the series. So that's the only thing I'd really love for us to do. But in the game where they scored 13 runs, they brought everybody home whenever they had the opportunity. So, you know, when they don't do so in the first game, they sure do make it up. And I got to be honest, man, there's not one team that scares me in terms of pitching because I really do think that our guys, once they settle in, like they can hit off of anybody. It's just 
you know, maybe working the count a little bit because all of them are really good about extending, you know, the pitch counts and making these pitchers work hard. Even mm-hmm. if it's an out, it they expend like 12 to 15 pitches per at bat to where some of these guys don't last seven innings or getting out at five innings because they just don't have the, they have the pitch count too high. So, I mean, those are some positives is, you know, our offense isn't electric, but it's really, really efficient. So I'm super encouraged by that. And we got a lot of interchangeable hitters. Uh, I know that you were telling me about Ramos who unfortunately didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but he's got a lot of potential and it's it's a lot of Mm -hmm. excitement in in the giants camp and obviously more players that, you know, we have at our disposal. Joey Bart hit a home run opening day, which couldn't have been, oh. even, which couldn't have been sweeter. So it's looking encouraging, man. I'm liking the bats. I'm liking how we're playing. So it's good. Yeah. Um, you know, I will say there is one pitching staff that does scare me, and it is the Dodgers because historically, uh, majority of the Dodgers starting pitching that they have we haven't done really well against like a Kershaw. Historically, uh-huh. we haven't done it well. There have been games where we absolutely obliterate him, uh, but there have been games where we like don't even smell a hit some most yeah. of the time. Um, you know, Walker Bueller, another one that we just we never figure out. We can never hit him. Yeah. Um, Julio Arias, we're we're usually okay with. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like Dustin- he's. I feel like he's very temperamental. Like it's. Last year was really consistent, but normally he's a hit or I mean, all pitchers are, I guess, hit or miss. But yeah. him in particularly, he is a legit like 50%. You don't know what you're getting on any given outing. Where last year, obviously, he was a lot more consistent. But yeah. sometimes his stuff is good, and then other times he leaves it hanging for everybody, which is yeah. when the Giants like to capitalize on it. So Yeah, and plus they're rivals. So, I mean, you're always going to have those days where you just can't, just for some reason, this picture all of a sudden, like, is just this beast of a, of a picture. And then other days you just get this picture who just can't get an out, you know? So um, it's just one of those things, but yeah, that would probably be the one pitching like pitching staff that really truly scares me. I mean, I might throw the Mets in there. Um, It's just, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. We don't really play him that much, so it's kind of yeah. hard to say. And like, and we hadn't faced Scherzer all that much, other than a couple of times last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. But I'm with you. I think it's positive that uh, we have guys who don't strike out a ton. These are guys who can make contact with just about any pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think that's kind of what we're what we're going for, you know, even a Jack Peterson, Jack Peterson is a guy who, who does strike out a lot, but he's also a guy who can hit some really bad pitches, like what Pablo Sandoval, you know, made a career out of. Yeah. Um, and so it, it is kind of encouraging that you have a guy that, yeah, he can strike out, but at the same time, he is a guy who, if he gets a hold of one or he can get a hold of one that was really low. I mean, Ergo, the uh, the home run that he hit off of Will Myers, yeah. Uh, when the Padres threw him out as a positional player at, at the pitching uh, spot, and Peterson just kind of golfed it. I mean, it was almost uh-huh. in the dirt, and I was like, "Holy crap, that one went far!" <laughs> like, I didn't think it was going to go out. Um. So, yeah. Well, I also, mean, also, he's a team player. You you pointed out to me. I think 
when we were texting uh, the first Padres game is that he bunted and scored on it, mm-hmm. um, went around the bases, and it just showed like he was willing to just get on base and he trusted his guys to bring him home. So it's really encouraging yeah. that he's not just always trying to swing. So Yeah. I mean, the Jock Peterson that I remember when he first came in uh, with the Dodgers was – um, you know, he always wanted to swing and hit a home run. He was kind of like mm-hmm. a like a young Cody Bellinger. Um, and, you know, as he got older and started kind of playing more games, and what I saw last year a lot of was when he was with the uh, Braves, he really just sacrificed whatever he normally likes to do and just did whatever was good for the team. Mm-hmm. And the people in Atlanta really liked him. And I, for the most part that I know of, the Braves wanted to retain him, but he wanted to come home because uh, he's from uh, Palo Alto, which is in the Bay Area here. So, um, you know, he he wanted to uh, play for the home team, which the team that he rooted for was the Giants. So um, he wanted to play here and, and I'm, I couldn't be happier. I really like him. I, I, I feel like uh, we've been really kind of. Uh, trying to switch out the outfield as much as we can, I would like to see Jock Peterson uh, more in the starter role, like, you know, play more of the games. But I do understand, like, we haven't had a spring training, so we're trying to, you know, catch up on a lot of things. So, sorry, I didn't mean to move my camera. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I, those are those are the positives. But, Cody, why don't you kick off the uh, negatives that you have seen so far from the Giants? I think my only apparent negative would be our bullpen is a little shaky to start. Hopefully that clears up, you know, later on in the season because the shortened COVID season is where basically our bullpen let us down and we weren't able to get into the wild card seating. Um, and it obviously it cleared up a lot because we, obviously we won the NL West last season. But I think the I think the bullpen is a little bit my concern and specifically like Tyler Rogers worries me a little bit. McGee just for some reason gave up a couple of earned runs in a in a closeout. I think with the Marlins and it's very uncharacteristic, especially like I mean, granted it was opening week, but still it's not like he's got. Not like he's pitching on like the third day trying to catch the third save or anything like that. It was, I think it was literally the second day, and I don't even think he pitched the day before. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I'm concerned with. Duvall looks great. I I would not be surprised if if he gets his confidence up. Maybe he turns into like one that we rely on a little bit more, even though he's got like a wicked fastball. It's only good for like maybe an inning. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't anticipate like two or three inning stretches, but you know maybe he's that guy that gets us to the ninth and then closes us out like Chapman's type of a pitcher. But the bullpen is the only thing that really concerns me. The hitting I think is going to come and go. I think obviously with how the lineup is going to be, it's very interesting. Um, but I know that Kepler is really good about setting a, a good lineup for that day, so I'm not worried about it. But the bullpen is the only thing I'm really concerned with. At least in the few games that we've played, that's been the only thing that I stands out for me, at least, of what I'm worried about. Yeah, I w- I'll agree with you with the bullpen. Duvall is actually supposed to be our closer, and he had a rough first outing, a really bad first outing. Now, again, as I had said, uh, not a lot of spring training. I mean, we had, a, I think, a couple of weeks of spring training. There's not a lot to um, work with. Usually you get a whole month 
where these pictures kind of try certain things, mm-hmm. try to see what happens. Hitters do the same thing. Um, you know, fielders, the same thing. So, you know, and, and you try and see what you have in, in certain guys, like young guys who you want on the roster and who, who not. So, uh, like, for example, we have a Tyler Beattie, uh, who is this up-and-coming picture, but he actually had Tommy John surgery last year and was recovering from that all last year. So this year we were like, kind of like, this is the year that he's got to show something. And it kind of sucks because it's one of those years where he's coming off an injury and he kind of had a rough, uh, a couple of batters where he walked a couple, but he got out of the inning. So, mm-hmm. um, it was encouraging, but at the same time, it's a little like, ah, this guy is still kind of doing the same things where he gets himself in trouble, kind of relies on his fastball, which is a good fastball, but sometimes these hitters look for directly your your best pitch. Yeah. And once they find it, they're they're gonna get a hold of it and that's bye bye baby. Yeah. Um so that's a little a little worrisome. Um, you know, Brandon Crawford, I've been a little worried about right now. His bat has been pretty much dead. Now he's usually notoriously a really slow starter, so I try not to think too much about it. But there were a couple of times where I just felt like usually he would have been confident to get this hit, and he didn't. So uh, that's a little concerning. I'm not. I'm not going to like freak out about it. Um, I was a little disappointed with, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, Elliot Ramos's um, debut. Well, not debut, but um, the couple of days that he yeah that he got to he got to play yeah um i thought he was okay i didn't Mm -hmm. think he really showed out like he should have um and he is still really raw i mean he's a very young kid um he felt like he should have been called up before joey barton he and he's even said that Mm -hmm. um but um at the same time Joey Bart plays a completely different position. Uh, he's asked to do completely different things. You know, Joey Bart is a guy who is not supposed to be a 20 home run guy. Uh, he's more of the guy who we need a basically a Buster Posey 2.0. Um, maybe this guy has a little bit more power, but not as much of a batting average. So we kind of have to trade that off. Um, you know, he's got a really good arm like Posey had. Um, and you know, his catching is still, uh, a little lesser than Buster Posey, but he's, he's getting there and he's getting, uh, more and more confident, but his at bats have been really good this year. But like I said, with Ramos, it wasn't as great. Uh, he had a couple of fielding, uh, blunders. They weren't technically errors, but I would call it an error in my Mm -hmm. opinion, just like just misjudging the ball. And, uh, it's, it's, it's hard, especially in San Francisco. It's, it's hard. That's a hard ballpark to try and get used to. Another, another couple of people, Mauricio Dubon, mm-hmm. Steven Duggar, guys who uh, have driven me crazy over the years, couple of years now. And they're ki- still kind of doing the same things. Dubon, the last couple of days have actually been okay. Um, and, and he's probably going to stay on the team for, uh, for a decent amount of time because he can play shortstop. He can play second base. He can play outfield. Um, and that's uh, very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Steven Duggar, he's mainly an outfielder. His greatest strength is his fielding. Uh, and he's got a decent arm. Uh, but his hitting has been awful. He's had really bad at bats. Um, and I'm getting to the point where I, I was telling you, 
Um, you know, if he continues to do what he's doing, uh, Ramos will be back up very, very shortly because it's not good right now. <laughs> yeah. So those have been my negatives for the Giants. Well, another thing that we saw, Cody, was we had kind of talked about it a little bit already. Um, the Padres and the Giants, they had a series. And uh, the Padres were very, very upset by Mauricio Dubon's uh, bunt when we were up 13-2. to two. Uh, Excuse me, we were up 11-2 to at that time. Um, he bunted to get on base. Mm-hmm. And Matt Williams, who... AKA is also a former giant, just by the way. Um, <laughs> he was looking like completely staring down. He was so pissed off at Mauricio Dubon. It's an unwritten rule. You're not supposed to bunt when you're up huge. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and the other thing that they did was Steven Duggar uh, later in that inning was on and he stole a base mm-hmm. while we were up big, which is also a big, no, no, in, in the sensitive baseball, excuse me, in baseball. Um, so I just, there's so many unwritten rules that it seems like it comes up every single year in baseball. Oh, this is an unwritten rule. You're not supposed to do this. Oh, this is an unwritten rule. You're not supposed to do this. This is ridiculous, Cody. We're, We're getting ridiculous with this. My thought on these, I will give to you in a second, but I know you're dying to talk about this because we have been talking about this at nauseum uh, all day today. And I know like we've literally had like two videos sent back and forth to each yes. other, like 10 minute long about unwritten rules. So yes. Cody, why don't you talk about the unwritten rules? Like what are some unwritten rules you hate? What okay. are some unwritten rules? And and what do you think about this particular unwritten rule as I so I'll, quotes. I'll answer this one first the unwritten rule about not being able to bunt to get on base when you're up big or steal a or steal a base when you're up big I think is the most sissy sensitive rule that anybody can make just to protect their ego because you don't like that the other team is beating you so you're gonna cry and make up something um so they're not allowed to do it because it's not right but it's still okay if the team that's down by a lot makes a comeback and then it now makes it a ball game but it's not okay beforehand though so we can only do these we can all we're only allowed to do this when we're neck and neck or whatnot i think that's just what makes it silly in the nba sure like the only unwritten rule in the nba hypothetically that i've heard of is if you're on the losing team and you dunk, you don't celebrate or get all crazy because you're down by, let's say, 30. You just don't do that. Why? Because it's a bad look. What are you celebrating for? You're losing. You know, in the NFL, like there are a couple of unwritten rules about there, like you don't run up the score. Bill Belichick, though, would beg to differ that we're playing football. If you don't like what I'm doing, you can stop it at any time. But until you stop me, I'm going to keep doing it. I think baseball, why it's so unpopular to younger audiences is because sometimes it's not fun. You know, like we want to have America's pastime be great, but we're not opening it up to other audiences that maybe show emotion. 
and we want to protect sensitive egos because of these unwritten rules. And honestly, I'm going to steal this one from you, and I know you'll say it. If it was a rule to begin with, they would have wrote it down, but it's not, yeah. so it shouldn't matter. And mm -hmm. I love that you told me that today on Marco Polo, so that's why I'm using it now. 100% right. If it was an actual rule, you you then it would have been written down, and then there it is. The one thing, the one unwritten rule, and I read some of these to you before we started, was there's an unwritten rule, according to Wikipedia, in the baseball world, that you're not allowed to swing at the first pitch at your at-bat if the pitcher has given up back-to-back -back home runs. Ridiculous. That is the that is the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. So, so then let me let me so you mean to tell me that if I see a pitch that looks good and I have an opportunity to get to do something with it, get on base back to back to back. <laughs> to make it a make it back to back to back. You mean I'm not supposed to to protect that pitcher's ego because it's an unwritten rule? What if I'm trying to make a comeback for my team? What happens if it's a momentum swinging pitch? I mean, granted, the pitcher just gave up two consecutive home runs. Why can't I swing at the first pitch I like? What yeah. is what's the problem with that? There, the, so that was one unwritten rule that I just read before we started. That I was like, "Are you you've got to be kidding me?" Yeah. How much the thought behind? You get? Go ahead. The thought oh, behind ahead. that. No, no, I want to hear this. The thought that that is behind it is, you never know who is going to be your teammate, and so that picture uh -huh. will not forget that you did that. But on the contrary, my my counterpoint would be, I you weren't my teammate then. Like, yeah, I don't care. Like, so okay, so if that's the same premise, so if you strike me out and we're teammates, are we cool then? Like, if I we're guess. gonna keep, I don't if we're know. gonna keep it that way. So if I, so let's say, because I know that you weren't a, were you a pitcher primarily, or were you no, a, no, okay. just position player. Okay, so let's say I was a pitcher, right? So you mean to tell me that if you hit one out of the park on me and we're on the same team, I won't forget it. But if I strike you out, then we're cool. Is that how it's supposed to be? apparently yeah okay yeah. that's just the most weirdest thing i've ever yeah. heard anyways i think my point being and i know you'll touch base more about this in like lower like lower age playing to like adult mm -hmm. and, and majors i know you'll talk about that in a second yeah but i think my point of it is is like as a, as somebody who's kind of i would say an outsider i like baseball i do enjoy watching it i'm not as heavily involved as you are let's say that's why i call you the baseball guy and i'm not ashamed to say that i mean i just didn't grow up playing baseball i Got into it really late. I know what I know now. And as I watch it, I learn more. But obviously, you know way more than I do. I just don't, never understood these unwritten rules and why like the pitcher can be upset with you because you hit a home run out of the park and he didn't like the way you trotted yeah. around the bases. Yeah. Like, what in the hell are we talking? Pardon me. What What are we talking about? You know, things like that. And their struggle with making the game fun for other audiences. Well, other audiences celebrate when they do something that they weren't expecting to do so to penalize them makes makes the point of like well if you want new audiences then you need to change what you're doing but yeah. anyways that that's in my perspective as being again i'm going to consider myself somewhat of a baseball outsider because i i know that you know why these unwritten rules are there but i know that you know that some of them are kind of ludicrous yeah but in a whole they just they're just too much for me here's the thing when baseball started, it was kind of a just a, a, a game that guys got together and, and played, you know. And then there were guys who then started playing for these teams that kind of got, you know, paid for it a little bit, but had mm -hmm. jobs everywhere else. And so 
like it just kind of developed into a thing where okay now these guys literally just do this they don't do anything else like they're focusing on baseball and that's when you know money kept getting more and more and more and more which is fine but when the baseball started it was just like a game you know it's like one of these uh hey let's all go play let's all go play this game real quick uh before dinner you know like you would do when you were eight years old with your friends who live you know right next to you and so it's just kind of evolved into this now it's a it's a it's an actual sport you know this is what people do for a living and what I feel like baseball never has done and has been horrible at is never pivoting into, hey, the game has changed. This is a little different now. Now we're here. It's okay to do some of these things. And we're still like, no, you're not supposed to do that. That, that could hurt uh-huh. someone's feelings. Listen, if we're in Little League, if we're in Little League, and uh, I remember watching I remember being in Little League. I remember I, I watched uh, my brother-in-law, who's, who's in high school baseball right now. I remember watching all of them, and it was like, okay, you don't do that. Like, these mm-hmm. kids, if, especially if, 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 uh, if a kid team was getting blown out, like, 13-2, you don't bunt. It's just, don't do it. Like, these kids are already, you know, Sabbath or losing. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't understand how to um, react or come right. back from, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're so, not quite sure enough to process that yet. Yeah, they they don't they don't understand yet, and that's okay. And so, to me, like even in high school, don't do it. You know, some of these kids are just playing the game for fun, mm-hmm. so just you don't need to do it. It's there's no point in it. But when you're a professional, you're being paid millions of dollars. Um, it reminds me of this. It reminds me of when Cam Newton scored that rushing touchdown when they were already up big and they were like, and then he's celebrating and they're like, how, how could he, how could he celebrate? And it was like, well, you know, stop him. I don't know. I mean, you're getting paid to stop him and you didn't. So Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like he earned it. I don't care. Like, go ahead, get in the end zone. It reminds me of the whole, you know, Russell Westbrook being upset that the, that the fans were, that were booing him and calling him Westbrook. Like, you know, would I be that? Probably not. I probably wouldn't do that. I just, it doesn't really do anything for me, but there are fans who do that. And listen, you're being paid millions of dollars to score a basket. And when you're not doing that and you're constantly turning the ball over and you're constantly doing all this thing, that's really not helping the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like you kind of deserve to get booed. You know, yeah. we're paying your salary by going to these games. So we expect you to kind of, I don't know, play well, Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and if you're not i'm gonna let you know and i think that's okay so i don't know i i the these unwritten rules to me is bogus when it comes to professional players like listen with madison bumgarner i i liked watching him but i never really understood why he got so mad at yasiel puig puig was this guy who was this like electric baseball player that just like came out of nowhere. His story was amazing. He comes into the league. He hit a home run off of Madison Bumgarner and Bumgarner hated it. Mm-hmm. He was a competitor. He hated that he hit a home run and then he celebrated, which just pissed him off. So I understand that thought process, but at the same time, it's like then make a better pitch, like yeah. make a better pitch, man. And so, um, 
I don't know these these unwritten rules. It bugs me. the The one thing that I, that has been really new, especially this year with college baseball, mm-hmm. is there's more and more of these college pitchers that when they make a big strikeout in a game, they're like they're celebrating just like a batter would if he hit a home run off of a pitcher. Yeah. People hate it. They're so mad. They're like, "Oh, how could you celebrate like this? This is that is your job. You're supposed to do that." Who cares? Yeah. He made a huge play. Like, I remember yeah. watching Brian Wilson, the uh, closer for the Giants a few years ago, when he struck out um, guys to to save a game in a playoff, in a postseason game, or, or in the World Series, and him doing the whole, you know, thing like that, where he yeah. did the, you know, chest to nose to chest, and then the cross or across his chest, like, that's still celebrating just because it's not as egregious as like yelling like, yeah, yeah. Like it's still, I remember Sergio Romo, one of the world series, he struck out and he did the whole gun signal thing. And yeah. like no one batted an eye cause he won a championship. Why does it matter what game it is? Mm-hmm. It's a big play at a big time at a moment at that time. It's okay that they celebrate. Uh, and the bat flips, God, I love watching the Jose Bautista I, one. Yeah. Where he crushes it and he kind of stares at it for a second. And then he kind of flipped the bet. And that was in a postseason game. And people were livid about that. And I was yeah. like, dude, that was a huge moment. That was an awesome home run. It's a huge it highlight amazing. for baseball. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes. I see it on promos all the time. I agree. Like when it comes to like bat flips or pitchers showing emotion, I don't know if anyone's ever been in some sort of competition where you are heavily invested emotionally, physically, all, all that into something to then see your the fruits of your labor, so to speak, or to see an accomplishment happen in front of you. You're going to let out some type of emotion. Who here has played some board game or or, you know, let's say you played some. Uh, friendly competition with some friends and then you put a lot of energy in that and then you get excited about that your you know your win or whatever exactly what baseball is and for baseball to shame people for doing so yeah. it it just it drives me nuts i wish that they like they would just come across us and i think it's a little bit more acceptable now like a lot of the older baseball um you know aficionados that are saying like don't do that aren't being listened to as much like i do see a little bit more excitement so to speak in baseball a little bit more which i like to see i i still though would like to get past the whole oh they violate an unwritten rule by bunting (laughs) to get on base that bugs that bugs the crud out of me and i wish that there was more excitement like some of these uh videos you see on social media of minor league uh teams like having dancing right before the pitcher throws the pitch to the batter and everybody in the umpire is getting into it i think that is fun and exciting but I know, like, if that was an actual major league game, there'd be a uproar. What is the pitcher doing dancing right before? We're not in dance class. We're playing baseball. <laughs> you know, I can already see that happening. But when I see those, it's super exciting. But yeah, that's this. Yeah, I agree, man. That's one of the things about baseball. And it is America's pastime. And yeah, it is definitely using old pastime activities and mindsets. And it's frustrating. But, anyways. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about this because you and I, like you mentioned, we've been talking about it literally all day. <laughs> literally all yeah. day. 
Yes, and and I'm glad we got to. So, uh, Cody, we have a little bit more baseball talk, but it's going to be fantasy baseball. Uh, we'll talk a little NBA, and hopefully we'll get to uh, Formula One. So uh, let's take a break, though, here, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the remaining topics that we have. So stay tuned. All right, Cody, well, let's talk about fantasy baseball. I've been dying to talk about it. Um, I've been... I've been having a few discussions uh, with a few people in our fantasy baseball league uh, about uh, things that they possibly dislike or like about the league. And I won't go into any further detail, but uh, it which made me like want to talk about fantasy baseball more. So um, is it, is it the batter losing like three points per strikeout? Is that what the grievance was? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Uh, I just no. wasn't, this wasn't sure. Cause there's only like 10 guys that have scored positive points in our league right now. So <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, there's a lot, there, there, there's a lot going on obviously in the baseball world. And like we had talked about, and I, hopefully I won't mention it anymore that there was a shorter spring training. So, um, you know, you have to kind of go with the ebbs and flows of this season, especially this month, mm-hmm. uh, because it's just going to be uh, working out some kinks, trying new things, uh, seeing what works, seeing what what, what doesn't. So um, I'm sure that this is going to change. But in the meantime, there has been some really fantasy baseball stars uh, that have emerged into the season, whether we we saw it happening or not. And we've also seen some really duds. Um, so what I want to get to right now, Cody is I'll ask you first, mm-hmm. um, who are your fantasy stars? Now I want a position player and a picture. Okay. Roger. Okay. All right. Roger so Roger. Roger Dodger. All right. So, uh, my position player of my fantasy lineup and my star in that aspect would be Pete Alonzo, first baseman for the Mets. Currently he's only hit two home runs, but right now he has 10 RBIs at a 267 batting average. He actually has been keeping me afloat right now. I'm actually ironically playing your wife right now. And he has, no. or whoever Dodger blue is, I think that's your wife. No, that is, um, that is her, uh, uncle. Oh yes. Oh okay. Well, I'm. My, I I, yeah. I took the lead over your wife's uncle then. So yes. anyways, anyways, Pete Alonso though has been my best position player so far. I was gonna say Trey Turner, but he's actually had a really slow start. I'll talk about him later. Uh, and then my pitcher uh, is actually Matt Scherzer. Of course, I mean that's no surprise. He had a slow starting in his first one. Second one was a lot better. I think I'm kind of worried though, actually, now that I have him and he's on the Mets, I'm hoping that as the season winds goes on, like he gets stronger, which he normally does, but it's also the Mets, which worries me because (laughs) any good pitcher that goes onto the Mets just for some reason falls off the map. And I'm hoping that Scherzer is not into that because DeGrom right now hasn't seen the field in almost two years. And he was supposed to be there for opening day. And now he's out for like another three weeks or something like that. And I'm hoping that Scherzer doesn't get the Mets curse. But anyways, he has so far been my best pitcher so far or my pitching star. And again, Pete Alonso has been my positional star. Um, yeah, you know, I have a, my, my obvious star has been Juan Soto. He's been 
straight money. I mean, he's been really good. Um, actually, today was probably the worst day. Um, he had two strikeouts, went over four. Uh, but he's usually got at least one hit every single game. Um, he does have a home run this year already. I think he has two home runs already. So, um, you know, Juan Soto is kind of an obvious choice. And an unobvious choice, I would like to say, is uh, Seiya Suzuki, the uh, outfielder for the Cubs. Uh, he's one a guy that I thought that the Giants were going to be able to sign. He ended up signing with the Cubs. But he's been really good. And yeah. I hate myself because the day that he hit two home runs uh, is the day that I had benched him because <laughs> I thought Jordan Alvarez would have a better day. And he didn't. I mean, uh-huh. he had a good day, but it wasn't it wasn't a two home run day. So um, but he's been really good. I'm surprised you didn't choose your boy, Matt Olson. He hasn't been as uh, productive. Today, he had a really productive day, uh, but he's been kind of struggling a little bit uh, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and I think it's new team, you know, getting to know everyone, um, trying to to get used to um, the Atlanta ballpark, uh, you know, his teammates. I mean, there's a lot that's going on in his head, and he just signed a huge contract, so... Um, you know, that makes matters a little worse for him because he's trying to live up to that contract. And sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of push yourself a little too much when you're, or you overthink things mm-hmm. when you really don't need to. So, um, he hasn't been, he's been fine, but he, he hasn't been great so far. So, um, and then my, my standout picture, uh, my obvious one is going to be Shane Bieber. Uh, he's been phenomenal so far. My only worry is that, uh, last year he struggled with injury, like the same injury and he like tried to come back and it was bad. And so he went back on the IL and just like never came back. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a little worrisome. Um, but a guy that I've been really good and I wanted to say call Carlos Rodon, but I'm going to go with Logan Gilbert of the Seattle Mariners. He has been a guy that I had been on since last year. I had told you about him. Yeah. Um, His first start was, it was horrendous. He gave up like five runs and like three innings. Yeah. I was there. You told me to pick him. I started him and I think you lost me two placings in our rotisserie league. So thank you. And so then, so then you dropped him, but then he was absolutely money and he kind of got into a groove and this year has been no exception. Um, you know, they are kind of keeping him on an, an obvious pitch count because he only lasted five innings today, uh, allowed four hits and had four strikeouts. So uh, he's he's been really good. I mean, he's been getting me double-digit points every single time, mm-hmm. um, which that's all I can ask for in a picture. And, and he's averaging, let's see, before I just start guessing, he got he's 18 averaging points 24. his first he he averaged uh, or he got 18 his first game and then 20 uh in his in his second game so he's obviously averaging 19 points a game so far and shoot i will take that every every time because he mm-hmm. has been nothing but money for me and and he gives up a few runs but his strikeouts is what really helps him so yeah uh, he's been really good for me so he he would probably be my my star um so cody what about your uh you're not so good, disappointing players. Well, and I have two, uh, so I have two positional ones that I'm disappointed in. But I will also say it's a slow start. 
as you've mentioned a several different times that, yeah. you know, not a real spring training, shorter preseason. So not a whole lot of baseball that normally these guys get warmed up in to really, you know, kick it into gear. So I will preference that. So I will say Trey Turner is obviously the top one for me. I thought he would have a little bit more production. He's only got three RBIs. He only has one stolen base. I know that he's more of a speedster, but I, I was expecting for him to be more on base. The batting average to be up a little bit again, first week. I don't even think we've played like seven full games yet. So I'm waiting on that, but he is a little bit of a disappointment for me. And then another one uh, is, um, is uh, Christian Yelich for me. Um, you know, he's doing better. I mean, he's got a couple RBIs. He's getting on base, but He's not really driving in runs yet. He hasn't really hit any home runs. I think, too, he's still recovering from his injury a couple of years ago. So this is probably the year that he will make a big comeback because I think last season he only hit like 230, which is a career low for him. So I anticipate that uh, he'll he'll turn it around. But he's been, a, he's been somewhat of a disappointment, but I kind of knew he was a project going into it. But, you know, again, it is a slow start, not a whole lot of uh, spring training. So we'll go from there. Uh, for pitcher, uh, Julio uh, uh, Julio with LA has been a huge disappointment for me. He gave up three earned run in his first outing, no strikeouts, didn't last past the second inning. That was a huge, so far, dud for me in terms of pitching. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully he turns it around. And like you mentioned, LA Dodgers rotation is really scary. So hopefully like as they get wins and they play – more comfortable baseball he'll settle in a little bit and he'll start pitching yeah. better which he probably will but it just really discouraging that his first outing he gives up he gets up three doesn't make it out past the second inning and he had no strikeout so i think i had like negative 12 points from him on opening day when he started so it was off to a roaring start from that <laughs> um for my positional player i i almost said nelson cruz but he oh. hit a home run not not too long ago, so uh, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm going to go with Jesse Winker from the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, um, Winker was a guy who, um, coming into the Mariners team, he's been a he was a really good player. Uh, he came over from the Reds, and I he's not a I mean he he could hit for power. I mean he's probably more of like a 20 to maybe 15 home run type of a guy, but he's a guy who can run as well. Um, he's a good outfielder. He's an everyday player. So I figured, you know, and he's a guy who hits for average. And that's really what I was trying to grab him for was for his average. Well, right now, obviously in the, you know, few games that they have played so far, he's hitting 167, hasn't even scored in a run yet. Uh, no home runs. He has one RBI and no stolen bases, a total of six fantasy points uh, in our league, at least. So, you know, he's been pretty disappointing. I mean, I'm looking, there's one, two, three, four, five offers mm -hmm. <laughs> in the seven games that they've played. So <laughs> that's not great. Um, I, I don't see him continuing this, but again, it's kind of like the whole Matt Olson thing. He's on a new team, he's new players. He's got to learn all that. He's got to learn the ballpark. So, um, you know, he's in the learning stage, but right now it's kind of frustrating and I don't want to bench him because I know there'll be that time where he gets out of that funk. But, uh, right now it's, it's kind of almost like I got to bench you until you hit a home run. So, 
Um, and then my my picture. Honestly, I've been. I don't. I I feel bad for saying this because because <laughs> I'm like bragging, but I really don't hate my pictures. Actually, I'm I'm really proud of of the guys that I've gotten so far. Um, I would say Frankie Montas just because his first outing. Uh, Frankie Montes of the of the Oakland A's. Um, he had a really tough start. He uh, went five innings against the Phillies, gave up six hits, five runs, uh, a walk, and six strikeouts. Uh, in our league, that's only five fantasy points, and I'm lucky to have that. Um, but then in um, uh, in the second game that he pitched against Tampa Bay, he went six and a third inning, f- gave up five hits, only one run, no walks, six strikeouts. And he got the win, which was uh, 24 fantasy points. So he did a lot better. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay of last year. I think they're a little worse than they were last year. Um, but that Phillies team is is a pretty good team. So, you know, his next start is going to be against the Orioles. So I expect him to be fine. But I would say he's probably, out of all the pictures I have, uh, he would probably be the one I'm I'm – I thought he would do a little bit better, like with the strikeouts. And right now he's only getting six strikeouts a game, which isn't bad, but not what I was kind of hoping for. So some of your pitching rotation looks very similar to what I had last season. Like a lot of the guys that you have is who you recommended. And I had them for a hot minute. Like, like Logan, you talked about, there's some other pitchers on there too. I remember having majority of the year. It's kind of <laughs> funny. It looks like we flipped rosters. Cause I have a lot of the guys you had for, for infielding and hitting. And then I now and you took my picture, so it's kind of funny how we've flipped those roles in the new uh, mm-hmm. in the new league that we have. So, yep, for sure. All right, Cody. Well, we also have to talk about other sports, okay? Uh, as much as I don't want to, there are other sports that are being played, specifically the NBA. Uh, the play-in has happened. Um, the Pelicans have clinched. No, I'm sorry, not the Pelicans. That was uh, they they played the Spurs and so now they have to uh, play the. I think they played oh, man, the. I'm totally blinking. Oh, they played the Clippers. Excuse me. Yes, the Clippers. They they're the ones who lost uh, because the Clippers um, ended up losing their first playing game. So it. I don't know. This, this plan hasn't been as exciting. I think it's because I'm a Laker fan, so <laughs> it hasn't been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it hasn't been like, hey, let's go. It's more like, eh, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and really, like, I think the only interesting play-in team that I'm really interested in, honest, actually, I would say two. Uh, I'm very interested in the um, in the Nets because uh-huh. of who they have on that team, but also. I would I would also put in there um, the Hornets. I really like the Hornets team. I've I've kind of like tried to watch how they play. I I really like Lamelo Ball. I think he's been um, way better than I thought he was ever going to. So um, he he makes me very interested in that team. Uh, but that's probably the extent of the interest I have in that mm-hmm. team, just because um, there's not much else there. And um, I don't expect them to go very far, but you know, a Nets team, they possibly could. So, yeah. I, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts so far on the plan, and 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 what do you expect? I guess moving forward in the plan. Well, the first couple of games of the plans, um, I would say in the, I think it's the Western Conference looked pretty good. Um, the 
Clippers uh, losing to the Timberwolves was very interesting, especially with Pat Bev. I thought that was hilarious. Um, although the Hawks, I think, are a really sneaky good team, which is why they beat the Hornets. So unfortunately, we're not going to see the Hornets until next year. But I agree with you, though. LaMelo Ball makes that team super fun. And I think LaMelo Ball is a far better player than his brother because of what he can do offensively. And I actually, the one thing I can respect about LaMelo is he does not run away from competition, at least in the games that I have seen any major competition of like a top five, top three conference team. He shows up his other teammates may not, but he shows up for sure. Like in big games, when the lights are on the brightest, he's there. Um, but uh, I'm very interested to see the rest of this plan, uh, specifically the one that we're talking about right now, the Pelicans and the Clippers, I think is super interesting. I actually really do like the Pelicans. I love CJ McCollum. I've been, I tell you that all the time. He's like one of my favorite players. He's, he, the game comes so easy to him. Uh, and I think him being with Brandon Ingram makes that team a little interesting. I don't think they have enough firepower, though, to really make any noise. So I do not see them beating the Clippers. Ty Lue with Paul George, Reggie Jackson, uh, Morris uh, Smith Jr. Uh, excuse me, Morris Senior. Uh, the way that they have that team built, and it's like once they get the ball moving and they get it to their open shooters, they are deadly, and their defense is really yeah. good. Paul George is back, and he's even better on defense. Granted, he struggled a little bit with the T Wolves, but you know they kept it close to the uh, for the most part. But the Pelicans aren't nearly as big as the T-Wolves are. And I think, too, that's where Paul George will make a lot of his moves, his interior. And his shooting is still just as good. I mean, he's actually shooting better from three this season than he did last postseason. So, in my opinion, I think the Clippers are going to move on. I think the winner obviously takes on the Suns. um, But I really, really like the Clippers in the second play-in game. I think they'll bounce back from their loss to the Timberwolves. And I think that Paul George and Reggie Jackson, that that dynamic duo is something to really be scared about. I don't know if they'll beat the Suns, let's say. But, you know, they are going to be a really hard team to beat four straight games. So. Yeah, I think I think if they get Kawhi Leonard back, which is a possibility, yeah, um, and then they have Paul George, I, I think there is a chance that this Clippers team could be way better than what we're expecting. But uh, that's if you know we see the Kawhi that we've seen before. That's if he comes back. You know, there's a lot of ifs. I'm wondering um, if he even wants to play anymore. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I've always said, just to, as a side thought. Um, and like, I feel like the Lakers, I think you could possibly make a trade like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard type. Yeah. Um, you'd have to add a few more things. Yeah. But I think that would be interesting. And I think, I think that would be something that the Lakers should at least explore and see if they could get, because you could basically tell Kawhi, Hey, listen, it's, it's your team now. Um, you know, LeBron, LeBron wants to try and take as many, many days off as he can now. Um, you know, obviously the days that you want to take off, we're going to let you and, you know, we just want you to healthy and you don't have a history of being injured. You just has, you just had a injury recently. That's the only thing. And so I feel like now is the time to kind of buy on Kawhi cause he's probably a buy low. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I that that's just kind of a side piece. But anyway, 
I agree with you. The, the Pelicans team is interesting. Brandon Ingram, um, he looked really good in the, in the game against the Spurs. I saw the last like five minutes and he just like was, he's such uh, a more confident player than he was when he was with the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, that Cavaliers team I'm rooting for. I know they're playing the Hawks, but I, I think the Hawks have too much firepower. I think the Cavaliers hit their stride, uh, you know, early October, November, December, January, and kind of starting to tail off after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, to be perfectly honest, I think the Clippers will win against the Pelicans, but I do think it'll be close. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hawks game, I think, will kind of, I don't want to say run away with it, but eventually, I, I think they'll win it um, by a decent margin. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think the Cavs are a year too early. If I'm being honest, I think yeah. when they get uh, Colin Sexton back, they'll probably be a better team because Garland has proven himself to be a really good scorer and they do yeah. need Jared Allen in the middle. He's yes. injured right now. So I think that's a huge deal. But uh, Trey Young, though, with the Hawks, dude, that dude is special. Yeah, like, he's good. He, he he makes that team so much better. And they're they're probably like a really scary team in the playoffs. Like yeah. he does not back down from big games either. And nope. he actually outplayed LaMelo in yeah. their play-in game. So yeah. the Hawks, man, they're they're crazy good. And I agree with you. I think the Hawks are probably going to take the Cavs down on that one. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, with with all this, who do I see going in into the, into the NBA Finals? To be honest, I really am not 100% sold on, on a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... Uh, like I said, there's a lot of ifs, and you know that wasn't really what we were going to talk about today. I think I think that'll be a topic for like next week. But uh, for me, I, I just feel like at least in the playing games, I think it's going to be the Clippers and Hawks that will finish it off, mm-hmm. um, and um, it'll be interesting to watch them in the playoffs, especially the Clippers, to uh-huh. see if they get a lot of their guys back. Um, because if they don't, um. I don't see them doing much, even though I love Paul George. I think yeah. he does need a little bit of help, and I don't think he has it without Kawhi. So. Yeah. Quick question, though, before we move on to this topic. So I know that the Nets obviously won their play-in game, so they're going to play Boston round one. So it's mm-hmm. Nets seven seed, Boston's two seed. I got to know, man, what's your thoughts on that series, and what's your prediction before they get started? Uh, I'm, I, I want to get you on recording on this one. Man, dude, I don't know. I I want to say I want to say both teams because I, I I really like both teams. I I like the Nets, uh-huh. um, and and I like the Celtics, and both teams are really reliant on their star player. Like yeah. when Durant is not on the court, you see a complete shift in the Nets. Like they don't play, they don't know what to do. Uh, the Celtics are very similar with Jason Tatum. Like without Jason Tatum, it's like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be the Celtics and I think they do a seven game series in this one. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be the Celtics and I think it's going to be in seven games just because I believe in their defense a little bit more than the Nets. 
Yeah. Now they are missing Robert Williams, and I do think that is a significant injury. But they aren't as reliant defensively on Jason Tatum as they are offensively. Yeah. And versus where they're the Nets are more reliant on Kevin Durant on both sides. Yeah. And so to me, I feel like um you know, although yes, you have Kyrie, you can you can make the argument that they're okay offensively with him, but I don't know, man. Like from what I've seen, um I just don't think I just don't think the Nets have that guy that they can use as a defender if like KD is gone. Because KD is a, a really good defender. Yeah. I think he's very underrated for it. And so I, I don't know. For me, I, I, I think I'm gonna I'm I'm going more Celtics. What about you? I'm going Nets and seven. So I'm glad you said Celtics, because if we would have picked the same team, this wouldn't have been as good. But anyways, I'm going Nets and seven, but I think the reason why they move on is not because they're stopping Jason Tatum. I think what they do is they try to remove Jalen Brown from being a scorer because those two work in tandem really well. Yeah. Um, I think what ends up happening though is obviously Kyrie Irving with the ball is elite, gets to the hole whenever he wants. So Marcus Smart's going to have his work cut out for him. Yeah. And I don't think that KD... I, excuse me. I don't think Jason Tatum can defend KD like KD can defend Jason Tatum if needed. I think if KD were to focus on his defense, he could probably slow down Jason Tatum's scoring. But obviously, that would exude a lot of energy to where he maybe not as effective in K- what I mean, KD not as effective offensively. But I think Seth Curry is an X factor in this, which is why I have them going over the top. Because I think with the Celtics focusing their defense, obviously on Kyrie and Durant, statistically speaking, uh, Seth Curry is actually better shooting than his brother, Steph Curry. And I think the Nets will utilize Curry a lot in, in like whenever there's a hole in the paint and they're attacking it and it collapses the defense and Curry, wherever he's spread out to then shoot, I think that's where they're going to utilize him the most. And I really like Andre Drummond to really beat up on the Celtics when it comes to like offensive rebound and defensive rebounding. I think the second chance points are going to hurt the Celtics a lot. So for those, that's why I got the Nets going in seven. All right. Well, it'll be it, that's going to be a fun series. That's probably yeah. going to be the best playoff series in the first round in that's, my opinion that's why i wanted to get you on camera beforehand because we probably won't get an opportunity to talk about it before it even starts so yeah that's got true. it yeah. gotta know what you're thinking all right cody let me get to a topic real quick i know we're running low on time so let me just get to this i talked about formula one last week i know you're not familiar with it so i'm not going to ask you questions unless you have an opinion about something feel free to jump in but no i'm i'm an audience member at this point please sir (laughs) have the floor i want to hear this so we talked about the australian grand prix which happened uh this past weekend um and there won't be another race until next weekend so um they go to australian the australian grand prix um a fan favorite and hometown i guess hero in australia is daniel ricardo he's a driver again if you watch the show you'll you'll understand a little bit more but he's obviously australian he came from australia so this was his homecoming race and daniel ricardo 
the um, last couple of drives that he had. Let's see. Where is trying to find the standings for him? Okay, so currently he's eleventh. The first two, um, the first two races that they had, he got zero points. So it wasn't looking good. He was finishing below tenth. He finally gets points in this one. He gets eight points, and it was like he won. I mean, Australia was was so happy. So it was so cool to see because um, the the team that he drives for, which is McLaren, mm-hmm. he uh, they really have been struggling the first two uh, the first two races of the year, and both drivers finished uh, with points, which is huge, especially in this sport, especially with Ferrari, they are absolutely running away right now with the sport, like with formula one. So there's a driver's championship, which Uh is the individual driver. And then they have a constructor's cup, which is the team, uh, the, how the team does. So, uh, there's always two, uh, two drivers per team. Uh And, uh, McLaren was supposed to be basically like third, maybe pushing possibly for second, probably not, but it was more looking like they were going to be third, fourth. And Ferrari was supposed to be in that three, four range. And they are absolutely way ahead of everyone else. They are um, definite first place guys. They're 71 points. I'm sorry, 104 points to second place, which is Mercedes to their 65. Wow. So there is a big, big gap. And specifically, there's a driver from Ferrari. uh, His name is Charles Leclerc. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, the dude like finishes in first every single race. The only race he didn't was um, Saudi Arabia, which uh-huh. was the second race. He came in second. Wow! And everything else he and this race in the Australian Grand Prix, they never even showed him hardly on the screen. He was so far ahead of second place, it was ridiculous. Jeez. So um, Charles Leclerc, the guy has been. He was like this up and comer. Um, I forget what what team uh, he started with, um, but then when Ferrari came and said, "Hey, we want you to drive for us," he jumped right on it, and he's been nothing but money for them. But they've kind of struggled with their car, and this year their car is not only probably the fastest, but the most reliable. Mm. Um, I I I think it's um, I want to say it's. McLaren that also uses a Ferrari car, a Ferrari engine and their car has been really good. It's just, they've had a lot of different types of issues. So Ferrari has been phenomenal. Um, the other driver, Carlos Sainz, he unfortunately didn't finish the race. Uh, something went wrong, like in the very first lap, which was really unfortunate because him and Charles Leclerc have been finishing like, uh, first and second or uh, second and third. Like they have been back to back, like almost every race in this race, mm-hmm. they didn't. So it was a phenomenal race. If, if you're not really f- like interested in formula one, I don't know. You have to walk. You just have to watch a race because it is so intriguing because not only are you interested in who comes in first, who comes in second, but you're also interested in like, who's going to get points. 
Like, it's a big deal. Who's just going to be, like, in 10th and who's going to finish 11th? Because the person who finishes in 11th is going to be like, I messed up. I didn't do well. You know, yada, yada, yada. Um, One of the biggest point maker uh, and a guy who won the the Drivers' Championship last year, Max Verstappen, Mm -hmm. he was supposed to be the all-out favorite to win the Drivers' Championship again. The first race, he had to cut the race short within, like, I think there was, I don't remember how many laps. It was, it was like one, maybe two, possibly three laps left on the race, and he had a bailout because the engine was, like, way overheating. Mm-hmm. The second the, the uh, second race that they had in Saudi Arabia, he won, and he barely beat Charles Leclerc in, like, the last, like, three laps. He had to lap him and then just kind of hold him off, which he did. And then the third race this week, or this past week, the car literally was on fire. Not like fully engulfed, but there was a little fire in the engine, and Uh he had to stop. So there's something going on with the Red Bull car, because not only did he have to bail out, but Sergio Perez, um, he had to bail out in the first week. The second week, he got points, and the third week, he got uh, some more points. But it's not looking great for Red Bull right now because they were supposed to be like, okay, Mercedes is supposed to go down. So, which Mercedes won the Constructors' Cup last year mm-hmm. and Red Bull came in second, barely. So, this year is supposed to be Red Bull because Mercedes has been taking a step backward and it hasn't looked like that at all. Mercedes is in second right now. And obviously, like I said, Ferrari is in first. So, Formula One Racing has been. Super interesting. No one has expected it. Uh, the American team Haas is actually um, kind of good. Not mm-hmm. going to say they're like great, but they're kind of good, which uh, last year they ended up in 19th or 20th almost every single race. It was wow. really ridiculous. So this year uh, they're actually doing something and they're, they, they had said last year that that was going to be a it was going to be a dud for them. So this year was like, okay, we're going to do it, and and they've been doing really well. So it's uh, all I can say <laughs> is you need to go watch the show and then watch the race, uh, even if you haven't like finished all of the seasons, but mm-hmm. you started watching the show. Go watch the race next week, uh, which is in Italy. Um, it's it's going to be a fun one. Um, and, uh, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of tempers flaring, I think, um, not uh-huh. with like driver per and driver against driver. I think it's more like driver and their like managers or their guys. So oh, okay. it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. I've been trying to get the first season watched, but I get, I get distracted very easily and I don't get a chance to go back to it. So on my Netflix where I've started that show is about a bajillion other shows I've started and I just haven't finished it. So, but it's not one of those shows that if you, if you really are trying to get into the sport, like it's one of those shows you do kind of want to watch because the reason I got hooked on it is because you get, um, you kind of like connect with some of the drivers, you know? And so you kind of have to pay attention somewhat. Um, and I've always said like, since I've been sort of watching the show, um, I feel like baseball should do this because right now, like it's hard for, for guys like new people to come into baseball and like really like baseball. 
Um, and so if you kind of have like a show like this where you kind of get to know some of the players, mm-hmm. um, that's why Formula One honestly has been huge in America these last two years because yeah. um, all of a sudden this Netflix show has made people like, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah. And now there's actually three races that are going to happen in America uh, two this year and, and three next year. So yeah. uh, it's it's booming and we're probably going to get an American driver um, within the next five years. Yeah, it's so popular that one of my wife's really close friends who's not really a sports person in general is really into Formula One. Like on sometimes on her social media, she goes to some of these races and it like that's all you see for a solid like three straight days. And if you knew her, she's not a sports person in general, except for Formula One. Formula One is like religion now, it seems like for a lot of people. So I'm actually really wanting to catch on to it. Just I have a I have a line of shows I'm trying to complete. There's <laughs> movies that are coming out, like the ba- the Batman movie is about to release on HBO Max. So try to make sure I rewatch that because it wasn't good enough the first time. So yeah, yeah. So it, it's it, I, I encourage uh, any of you who have not seen it, go watch the show, watch the race. Um, I'm going to try and get the uh, the race up here, um, but I know it is next week, and I want to say. It's an early game. That's the other thing is a lot of these races are like in European countries. So (laughs) the races usually here in America start really like early or last week it was late in Australia. They had the race start at 10 p.m. Uh And so me and my wife, we were watching it, but we were starting to fall asleep because we were so tired. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, this, this week is, um, or next week is Sunday, the 24th. The race starts at 6am, but it is an easy watch. The races usually are like an hour, hour and a half at at most, maybe like two hours. If there's like a big crash. Uh Um, But for the most part, the races go by quick. It's, Maybe one, if it's a if it's a really hard track, two pit stops. Um, so it's not a lot of, you know, stopping and then going. It's not like NASCAR where they're constantly pitting, uh, you know, <laughs> over the whole time. It's more just like the race and then every now and then you kind of worry about, okay, got to put it on a new set of tires, got to fill up the tank. Let's go. So yeah. uh, really, really, it's a, it's, it's awesome. Sweet. All right, man. Well, I just wanted to get to some a little bit of Formula One. So let's cut that off now. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we always appreciate it. As Cody had said uh, in the beginning, go uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is all Drew Code Sports Talk, except for Twitter, which is Drew underscore Code. Uh, and then uh, also go follow us on or subscribe to our YouTube channel and like and comment on uh, on our videos. We always want to interact with you, even on our social media uh, pages. We always want to hear from you as well. So if we put something out there, please respond. We want to we want to interact with you. Um, and then go check out um, all our, go check out our podcast. Excuse me, uh, which is on Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Anything and everything does help. One star reviews, five star reviews, whatever it is. If it's a one star, let us know what you don't like so we can uh, maybe fix it for you. And uh, if it's a five star, let us know what, we, what we're doing that you like. 
so that way we can continue to do it so we always appreciate all of that and go check out our partner out on fnxfitness.com where we can get you 15% off by using our promo code, which is DrewCode15. It'll be in the link in the description, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it at the bottom here. Um, they have great workout gear, great workout supplements. Actually, as I'm saying this, I forgot I need to order some more protein, so I need to go do that quick because they do sell out quick. So go on there, and I probably want to buy a tank. Uh, that I'll try and hide from my wife and she'll be like, where did you get that? And I said, oh, this old thing. Um, <laughs> and now she's listening and she's like, you're not going to buy one. So that's okay. Anyway, um, go check out. They, they have great stuff. So, um, Cody is more the guy who gets the merch. He's yep. more the guy, you know, he just, uh, I mean, if he needs a new shorts, he goes to FNX Fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, on the other hand, uh, can't always do that. I, I'm I'm not good with the fashion, so I just stick with the proteins and 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 I just tell you about them. <laughs> it's but, easier uh, to, it's yeah. easier to rep it when you're wearing it on your body than putting it inside your body. So then that's well, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen these guns though? Anyway, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but Cody, why don't you uh, finish us off here? That's right, guys. So as Drew was mentioning, please follow us on social media. All of our uh, links to our YouTube, our uh, podcast, our social media is all in the description below. If you guys also want to, you guys can go to our link tree as well. All of our latest YouTube videos are on our link tree as well. So if you want to catch up on any Giants baseball, I think we have some uh, Lakers videos on there as well. You guys can even look through the entire archive from before and watch some previous videos. And on our podcast as well, we have a uh, bunch of other podcasts from before uh, that you guys can listen to to binge watch us binge listen to us I guess listen. but anyways guys like uh, Drew mentioned we want to interact with you guys so any way that we can please let us know whether it's by question uh, you know DM us we'd love to uh, touch base with you guys and just love to get your guys' feedback and opinions on your guys' favorite sport teams and what you guys are interested in so uh, with that being said guys we really appreciate you guys thank you guys so much for listening to us and always sticking around us we can't thank you guys enough for making this fun for us so uh, again we will see you guys next week don't forget to follow us and with that being said see you guys next time change the world change times rearrange them staying on pace running the race life is a chase I don't want a place I want to be first work till it hurts dehydrated thirst till I'm in a hearse high ambitions in the right mind can take you so far it's like you lived a few lives 